0: On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, I talk with Jeremy Picker and he talks about how he uses creativity as a differentiator. Hey there and welcome to a brand new edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host Kirby Hossman and joining me today is an industry rock star. I like to say that about everybody but I feel like everybody on the show is a rock star. We met out in Vegas as a matter of fact so Jeremy Picker is a creative director and CEO of Amber, a company in our industry and so Jeremy I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh thanks for having me Kirby. You're, you're a rock star man so I'm <laughs> honored to to be one of the hundreds that have been on before so thanks for uh inviting me
0: you bet you bet well before we get started i just want to let you know that this uh this episode is sponsored by common skew common skew is an order management platform in the promotional products industry designed by distributors for distributors it's a great platform my company uses it you can learn more at commonskew.com and you should so check out common skew so jeremy let's let's jump in um so you know, as I see your stuff on social media, and as I get to know a little bit more about you, I kind of see you as a creative guy, right? And I mean, your title is even creative director. So, (laughs) so I'm always curious about sort of how someone sort of becomes creative. And then do you think it can be a differentiator in business?
1: Wow, that's, that's a tough question. You know, I think, I almost think it's impossible to quantify creativity, because it's so subjective. Um, You know, I think, a lot of people in our industry like certain certain things you know i i I think Teespring comes to mind you know they're huge a lot of statements a lot of funky sayings that resonates with a lot of people but in certain circles you know that that is kind of like bottom of the totem pole so i think you know to to put a number to creativity is is a tough thing um you know for me i i think it, I've always been creative, even from a childhood, but when I was growing up, there wasn't a, a way necessarily that I thought to, to make a career out of, out of being creative. So, you know, one of my, my past careers was band merchandise. And so I was the merch guy. I lived on the road. I was interacting with all the fans for major label bands. You know, we, we sold out arenas. So there was a lot of people coming to the show and i i had that kind of interaction with the fans and found out what they wanted and what they would wish they had as far as merchandise and i always would approach the band and the merch company that the band sourced to and gave them ideas what i thought would sell different products different designs that you know related to the album and the lyrics and and the fans and I always got shut down for probably a good ten years. No one would ever take my ideas. You know, I thought they were good. Um, some of the fans thought they were good, but they never they never wanted to use them. You know, and I think a lot of times people their creativity gets squashed a little bit because you know of of uh, rejection or people not taking that. But for me, I knew in my heart of hearts that what I was coming up with was, was creative and would sell well for them. You know, the, the band world, there's a lot of egos involved, uh, mainly from the band side of things, you know, because they might dress cool, they think they know what's cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for for what I was trying to do, you know, I wanted to make them more money um, and I felt like they thought, you know, they they needed to be that creative director. So, you know, kind of fast forward 10 years, I decided to start my own business. One to to make my own creative path. You know, I wanted I wanted to be the dictator, the captain of you know creativity in in my realm. And so, you know, for um, sorry, you yeah. know, for me when when I started, I had a business partner uh, that started with me, and a lot of times he would reject my my <laughs> creative input. Um, but you know, that never, that never stopped me. I always, I always tried, you know, to live on Pinterest. I always took time to ideate and really Mm -hmm. brainstorm. Um, and you know, where I am now that I wouldn't be here and people wouldn't be recognizing maybe my creativity or, you know, things that I'm, I'm launching on social media that resonate with a lot of people in our industry that wouldn't have came, came to fruition if, you know, if I just, if I just listen to everyone. So yeah. I think all of that, I know I'm getting off because again, quantifying is is hard, wow. but I really think that progressing, you know, and really in practicing at it is is how I feel I'm creative.
0: Yeah, it, a couple of things come to mind as you say that. It was interesting, as you said it earlier in the answer, you were talking about listening to the customers, listening to the people who were who were buying the merchandise. I, I think that there is true creativity in just simply listening and the the other because you can just you get ideas from the people who want to 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 buy from you and i think many of us yeah. miss that because of our own ego and the other piece you talked about is like repetition like I, I always say like content is a little bit like fitness i think creativity is like that too like you got to try and do a little bit over time over time and then all of a sudden that muscle gets built so i yeah. so we're all working in a crowded mi- marketplace right now and I don't know about you, but I, I kind of feel like right now it's tougher than, than ever to reach our customers because the, the whole world and landscape has changed. So what are str- uh, some strategies you have to try and stand out?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there is a lot of people that haven't necessarily been creative in what they're doing. You know, they, they've been going through the motions and COVID made them be creative overnight, whether <laughs> yeah. they, they thought that they were or not. And so, you know, for me, I really... I really got to thinking like, what am I doing in this world? Like I I was thinking of every scenario. Do I have to let my team go? What is it gonna look like after this? Do I apply for a job somewhere? You know, I, I was thinking of all the scenarios, but a word that kept coming to me is diversity and more so diversity of my business model. My focus was B2B wholesale volume sales. That's what I did. That's what I thought you had to do. Um, you know, until some of my biggest customers overnight shut off, shut off the faucet and I had no business. I, I put all my eggs in that basket thinking, well, there's always going to be another volume client. There's always going to be, you know, someone that needs wholesale merchandise. Well, I quickly learned it's too risky to do that. Like, just like it is to only have, you know, maybe one client doing 50% into your business it's risky to only be able to offer t-shirts and promo items in this arena so diversity for me is is kind of breaking down in diversity of my message diversity of my products and i would probably think diversity of communication so you know my message while it's the same i i'm gonna have to deliver it in a different way and i know that can kind of go into communication but zoom i mean i i only skyped with my mom or 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 you know maybe friends out of the country like i never saw that as a a true tool for business and so you know my message has changed and i have to diversify the in-person meetings i need to diversify you know just just sending out marketing materials now that i might not be able to see most of my clients anymore my, my, my zoom, my new message, social media, that has to, that has to change. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with diversity of product, again, volume based B2B sales within the last few months, I've educated myself on sublimation direct to garment, which I never wanted to be around that. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a screen print kind of t-shirt snob through and through, but (laughs) I came to the realization my my goal is to help people make better merchandise. Mm. And I need to diversify to be able to offer that no matter what it looks like. People aren't gonna want inventory, so print on demand. Yeah. You know, people, the the, the mask thing, um, you know, the sublimation, the cut and sew. I've learned all of that probably within the last three months and now i want to have b2b volume sales i want to have maybe some toll booths that are making money you know i might be making a quarter or 50 cents but it's constantly coming in and i don't have to do a whole lot of work so i think that has been a real big thing on the product side because again i'm offering things i never wanted to but here 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 we are and i'm selling sublimation i just started working with a a big uh, online fundraising platform for for influencers, and their supply chain it shriveled up, and they found someone introduced them to me, and now I'm doing cut and sew hoodies and t-shirts and basketball jerseys. Again, that was zero of my business, mm-hmm. and now it's starting. You know, I'm I'm having another revenue stream. If that makes sense, so it makes sense, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I tell you, it's funny. I always joke, like you can be a snob when you have enough to eat, right? Like, <laughs>
1: Man, <laughs> and that's, then that's once, good.
0: once that dries up, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Right. So good for you. Yeah. I like that. And and I just want to give you kudos. I, I've i been noticing uh, you on LinkedIn and and just not only the, the sort of the stances you're taking on stuff, but also your engagement level. And I think that stands out too. So kudos um, on that. So final question for you. Uh, yeah. you posted recently, and I didn't know this, that you fought cancer in 2011. Mm-hmm. So first of all, like I say, I didn't know that. Wow. Um, so some people say we need to keep business and personal, our lives separate. I, I find stories like that find me, like draw me closer to people. What do you think? I mean, why did you decide to share that?
1: Well, whoever's saying that, uh, is obviously never owned a business or <laughs> or doing something that they're 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 passionate about. Mm. You know, the people want that work-life balance. I see things as a, a work-life circle, like they go hand in hand. Not that I'm always on, but I'm always getting ideas. I'm always thinking about things to improve my craft. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is no different differentiation for me. So those people that are saying that, then you know that that's the, <clears throat> excuse me that's their prerogative but for me i my passion personally is nonprofits fundraising mm-hmm. being able to use my platform to help others give me one second
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, but as you're taking a drink really quick, one of the things that yeah. that, that I always find, and I say that people buy from people they like, know, and trust, right? And so yeah. the, the folks that sort of quarantine, pardon the word, but quarantine their life off into different areas, like you're not allowing me to get to know you. And, and so that, you know, when you do, then I want to help you. I want to engage with you, and so by sharing that piece of yourself I, like, to me, I, again, I felt like I knew you better, and and so I I thought it was powerful.
1: You know, and I th- I think you should have some differentiation. I mean, True. you as a family like to to yeah. share online, mm-hmm. but then Gary V. He doesn't want to share anything about his family. Yep. So yeah. totally. for me, my my personal journey. Can actually be an asset for me to help help my customers so you know i think my my whole vision in in sharing the cancer journey because when i first went through it i I was ashamed of it um you know i thought you know people were going to judge me you know was it my fault Mm -hmm. i don't want to use it as a crutch so i just kept it in but then i had a couple friends that you know one was 27 one was 34 And they died within a year of getting diagnosed with cancer. And it really hit me, hit home. And I'm like, that's selfish of me to keep it in. I've gotten through that journey. And so how how can I help other people, not only that are going through it, but that have loved ones that are going through it? So if I can motivate guys, you know, I feel like us more than women, we're a little stubborn. We don't want to go to the doctor. You know, it'll be fine. (laughs) It'll it'll go away. But, you know, for me, I knew something was wrong eventually. And I waited eight months to go to the doctor. And by the time I got there, it was stage three already. If I would have gone earlier, one, I didn't have insurance. And then again, two, I think my ignorance, I I didn't want a death sentence. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was cancer. I, I didn't know what was going on. So my ignorance kept me from that. And if I can get, especially men, to say, hey, go get checked out. If you're not feeling right, what's the worst you can do? You pay your deductible, and thank goodness if nothing's wrong. But if there is something, catching it early is key. So my, uh, my wife and I have kind of a for-profit, for-purpose company that does like luxury goods inspired. She's a dye chemist, so she's in the cancer diagnostics world. I'm in the fashion world and when I got cancer, it kind of brought our lives together, our our passions together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our tagline is for a life sustained. And we want to be able to help prolong, you know, other people's lives. It used to be all about research and and advanced medicine, but if you don't get detected early enough, all of that doesn't matter. It's too late for any of that to to help you. So if I can help one, two, five people, a thousand, you know, my, 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 I guess personal passion and focus uh, is fulfilled. But yeah, you have to have vulnerability. You have to be able to talk through it. You know, I was on, I was on Skewcast, and Bobby, just his calming voice, like I got all choked up and teary. You yeah, know, just, yeah. just talking about it because it's emotional. But totally. um, again, I want to use that to to impact others and help others. Um, you know, if they happen to go through that journey, hopefully not.
0: Dude, that's, that's awesome. And I admire what you're doing. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, well, you, you bet, you bet. You've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me, bud?
1: I do have one for you.
0: Uh-oh. So
1: <laughs> yes, you, you give out so much free content. Um, you know, why do you do it? What drives you to do that? You know, obviously I think building your personal brand, your public business persona, you know, it'll, it'll drive sales probably over time organically, Mm -hmm. but I I really, I really want to know like why, why do you want to write a book and share on day in, day out? I mean, you got Monday Minutes, you got this podcast, um you know you have unscripted all of that yes you might have sponsors but you're doing that out of, out of your heart so i really want to know like why are you doing that you could be spending your time with your family or doing plenty of other things but you, you are trying to educate me and the people in our industry and yeah i was just curious like what drives you to do that
0: So first of all, thank you. Uh, that's super kind of you. Um, I would say, you know, if I'm being honest, uh, when I started doing it, there was ego, uh, driving it. Um, it was, you know, I wanted to build my personal brand. I wanted to build my business and I felt like it was the right, one of the right ways to do it. Um, and, and the reality of it is there's, there's still truth to that. Um, but I I hope that over the last five years I've evolved that I really do want to help people in our industry outside of our industry because I believe that a good economy helps everybody involved like a, you know that rising water raises all boats concept. But the third thing and I it, and this is just the reality of it is is I really believe it works. I am a I'm a I'm a believer that um, if we push out enough good and provide enough value we will create. Not only customers, but long-term customers, customers that trust us, customers that that value our integrity and our creative uh, creativity and our opinions, um, and they're not going to beat us up over a quarter because we've provided them so much value. Um, and you know, I've I've often said I want to create 20-year customers. I want to create customers that I do business with that take me with them. And I think one of the ways to do that in the world today is by creating content. It it's inexpensive. It showcases your expertise. And what I've found is, truth be told, when you know that people always talk about a sales funnel, I find that we still have a funnel, but by the time customers who've consumed our content find us, they're already down the funnel. It's not a question of whether they're gonna buy from us. It's a question of what we're going to recommend that they buy, which is a different discussion, right? And so I think it's it's kind of become pretty layered of why I believe in content. Um, but I, the, the honest answer is I believe it works and this just popped into my head. So I'm going to say it. I also think very few people will do it, not consistently. And so it's a way for me to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So that's a really long answer with a bunch Uh, of sort of caveats, but that's, that's probably, probably why.
1: No, I, I think, you know, you, you're disciplined to do that. You (laughs) and Bill, you know, seeing that day in and day out and obviously you you had to work towards that but like i'm four episodes into my podcast covid just got me off track and i just haven't been able to get back and it's hard to make that time especially with you know the pressure of our industry in the day-to-day so you know i think that there's a lot i can see certain influences in your content strategy that i i believe in, in in the same thing and again yeah it's it's too hard it's hard enough for a lot of people not to do it and yeah yeah, again the how how do you rise to the top and that that consistency and just putting yourself out there so thank you for doing that because i mean i i've gotten so much from just your conversations um with your guests and uh you know unscripted was awesome rest in peace
0: <laughs> well thank you buddy i really i for what it's worth man i really appreciate the kind words and and i appreciate you taking the time i, I love what you're doing and uh we'll have to do this uh, conversation again sometime okay
1: thanks kirby really appreciate it
0: all right buddy well that's going to wrap up this edition of delivering marketing joy we'll see you next time <gasps>